Hey, it's Braden from Noble Sports. I'm excited today. I have someone from my media group, someone that I like to talk BYU football with, uh, Jimmy Pibbs. How you doing, Jimmy? Oh, man, I'm so good, Braden. I was saying it before. I am just ecstatic to be on right now, which, you know, <laughs> sounds sarcastic <laughs> at that point. But no, I'm, I'm genuinely pumped. This is super long overdue. Yeah, it really is. If you're looking for a college football guru, let me tell you, James is the guy. He'll be, he'll be humble and say, nah, he just got lucky. But Seattle draft class, he called it. He said it was going to be successful. And thus far, nine weeks into the season, you're 100% correct. So let's go. Let's go like 80%. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to say like, I thought this was two, three years down the road. This team was going to be where they're at now. Um, shocked. Shocked how these rookies have hit the ground running. I guess across the board. But for yeah. Seattle, you have two starting tackles. You have a star young cornerback who is, like, your lockdown guy on number ones. And, I mean, even beyond that, like, you just you have such a good young team. I'm very excited for the future of Seattle. Yeah, everyone is so focused on Tyreek that they forget Kobe Bryant. But I was looking at Kobe Bryant's stats himself, too, and he's no scrub. Like, I think his numbers are almost on par – with Tyreek's numbers. So it, it's fun. Yeah. It's just like the thing people focus on the most are going to be interceptions. And like, no one, no one should have thought um, Kobe Bryant was going to be bad. He was the best corner. He won the award for best cornerback in college last year over sauce, Stingley, woolen over anybody. He was the best. So he, he has the, he has the resume to be that guy as well. Uh, the fact that you hit on both of them is just absurd <laughs> it's baffling and the offensive linemen too we're the first team i think since like the 74 bears to start two tackle rookie tackles and they've held their own surprisingly dude so like think of that in like a concept right is you start these two young dudes at like two of the most crucial positions on the field with geno smith who like before this point was like a scrub even last year in seattle when he got to step in it was like oh my god the one like moment we saw gino and then the next game he was just terrible but you put these two dudes at cornerstone positions guarding gino smith and you have have a super successful offense yeah who would have guessed i'm sure russ is sitting in denver wishing he had our offensive line now because they are so much better than they have been in years past so I think Kolb's made the comment during that draft show. He said, he was like, oh, great. We finally draft a lineman after (laughs) after (laughs) Russ is gone. It's paid off, though. You see, but the difference between Kolb's and I is I make fun of Russ a ton now, where Mm. Kolb's is still like, nah, Russ is my guy. Like, I'm not going to make fun of him. Where I'm like, nope, he's he's not my quarterback anymore. I can make fun of him all I want. Yeah, that happens with everything, man. Like, especially when a player's been there for that long. Like, just being in New England, right, is, like, people are either all of a sudden Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans, or they think Tom Brady is just a bum idiot. Like, there's there's really no in-between uh, as far as, like, Brady lovers go. Um, it, it's just when a guy's there for that long, there is going to be those people who have the residual feelings and some people who are like, yeah, I'm going to clown him. He was my quarterback. He made a bad choice. Yeah. I, I, and I stand firm. And there was someone today on Twitter who said, uh, no Seattle fan. 
had faith in their team. I was like, no, 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 no. And I tagged, <laughs> I tagged Zach. I was Zach. Can you confirm that I had a hundred percent faith in this team? And he's like, can confirm. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to call you a Raider fan. Again. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Um, so like, like I said, James and I, we were a part of breaking down the tape media. Um, you've heard Zach and Hector. Hector is, uh, is hilarious. He's got a potty mouth on him and, uh, says what he says. And then you've got Zach who, I don't know what you can say about Zach, but there's a lot of things you can say about Zach. Zach, Zach has a potty mouth too. Don't let him trick you. He's just way better at like saving Controlling face. it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But like off camera, it's all like if you just <laughs> in our like in our glide video chat, if you like played Zach censored, all you would hear is just like beep 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 beep. beep. That would be it. Uh, it was fun having Hector on last week when I did the BYU live. But my mom said she turned it off right at once he started dropping the f word. My mom's like, "Nah, I don't want to listen to this anymore," and turned it off. I was like, yeah. sorry, mom. <laughs> I mean, I love Hector. Don't get me wrong. That's my boy. But I mean, Hector on for like a uh, predominantly Mormon school is just a very funny thought to me. <laughs> well, that and he was drinking. I thought it was even more funny because he had his, uh, I think he had a Bud Light with him. And I'm like, I don't care. It, right. it, it was funny. It was, it was good. It was, it brought a different perspective because I know <laughs> I'm sure you, I mean, at least you have Megan when you do your lives on Saturdays, but like it, it gets boring doing it by yourself, I think. No, it's tough. If you do a solo one, like when Megan's out of the room, I swear, I'm literally just like, hi, hi guys. So <laughs> this, is, this is the game. Here's, oh, it's, it's an Applebee's ad. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what to say. All of a sudden I freeze up and I turn into this like, <laughs> like scared human. <laughs> That's it's nice. It's we just nice need to have Penny to fill in. Like when it oh when it's that awkward time, just have Penny say something, have her one liners because she's got a whole slew of them. <laughs> Dude, she is so unintentionally funny. Like I I don't usually think other people's kids are funny. That's always been like a weird thing of mine. I was like, I don't care about your kid. I genuinely get excited when I see Penny on like the camera or something because you never know what she's gonna do, and she is the most adorable human being. You I don't know if you saw the videos last night, but her and McKenna were like fighting on the bed. And then all of a sudden, like, you hear this bassy fart and it, like, <laughs> everyone, like, would think it was me. No, it was it was a child. And she's just sitting there. I <laughs> farted. I'm like, Penny, you're disgusting. And she's like, no, it's funny, Dad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> See, she gets it. She gets the humor, dude. Yeah. Uh, no. What was I doing last night? Was I asleep? Was I Probably. yelling at Call of Duty? I might have been yelling at Call of Duty. I was doing a lot of yelling at Call of Duty last night. Because for a while, it was just Zach and I. I was kind of on a soccer uh, tyrant last night. Dude, it, yeah. I saw you uh, post a blog up for group, what was it, group B you started with? Group A. So I guess that, yeah, you know, that, that would have made sense. <laughs> <laughs> kind of going in order. Because, I, I mean, I'm not my dad, but I do like soccer. I think it is a ton of fun. Like, mm-hmm. so, and, and I love the World Cup. I just, I know I'm not going to watch very many games because, I don't want to wake up that early. I want to sleep. <laughs> Dude. Oh, I guess it's even worse for you. I was going to say, like, the annoying thing, I'm trying to think if it was the last Olympics, maybe, that, like, I, I didn't watch a single event because of where it was. It was, like, I, I would have to wake up at, like, 3 or 4 in the morning, and at that point, I was bartending. So, I'm like, no. Like, I'm just going to bed at that time. I'm like, No. Yeah, my dad's like, I, I'm so annoyed. It's such a time difference. 
But I'm like, Dad, I know you're going to wake up for him. He's like, you're not wrong. I'm like, see? And, and the beautiful thing about soccer, because I was watching TikToks yesterday. They were saying, oh, it's so boring. It's so low score. And I'm like, that's the beautiful thing about it. You don't know what's going to happen. You could have literally a score 10-0 and a score 1-0. Like, you don't know. So. Oh, the amount of the amount of screaming I do, I guess at any game, but like at soccer in particular, like with like just yelling at people who are my like I'm not usually that fan. I'm not usually the fan of like I'm like, oh you should be able to hit that. You should be able to score it. When I watch Liverpool, my brain shuts off and I turn into that fan that's like, How could you not score that? You can't even like no, dude, this guy's paid millions of dollars more than I ever will see in my life in like a week. Like he knows what he's ninety doing. minutes. <laughs> right. Right. Like he makes what I make in five minutes on the field, and that's generous on my behalf. Like <laughs> it, it, it's I don't know what about that turns me into an irrational fan, but uh, and I like it because that's like the one sport that I actually did coach. Cause my dad obviously my dad being from Chile, that's mm-hmm. like their number one sport. So he would always coach us, and then I would be his assistant coach because I played goalie, so I would coach his goalies. And I had so much fun doing that. It, it really is. It's, it's a game that takes a lot of strategy, and you got to have a lot of stamina because in the big professional leagues, you only get three subs, so you're playing 90 minutes. <laughs> right. And like, if you look at um, – if you look at, like, when Messi plays, like, he's not sprinting around the field. Like, if you watch him most of the time, if you just had a camera on Messi – and like you watch him play, he's just jogging. He's not like he's not exerting himself. He's just slowly. He knows it's a marathon of a game, so he saves those bursts. And when he has to use them, he does. But even in his older age, he knows what he's doing. He knows how much like energy he has. His battery's lower, but it's 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 just fascinating. It, oh, I loved it. Beautiful game. And this is his last World Cup, so it's it's going to be something special. And I I would not be surprised. If Ronaldo, it's his last World Cup too, because they're both getting up there in age, and soccer is not. Soccer really is not a sport you can play like you can't be a Tom Brady. You could try, but it just it doesn't work out well. Now, yeah, short of like goalies, I think like Jean Luigi Buffon played until like forty, the former Italian national keeper. But like it, it's even then, you you hit a point where you just fall off. I would assume Ronaldo would probably do like one or two more. But even that second one, like that's like you think about it, it's, like one or two more sounds short. But when you put it in perspective, that it's probably eight years. Like, uh. yeah, <laughs> maybe it's or I guess at this point five years. But it's crazy. And like Bravo, the goalkeeper for Chile, he's thirty eight and he's considered old. So like that's right. that's like the the peak. Like you're about to retire, and so. But enough about soccer. Let's let's get into kind of. What James does. So, James, <laughs> obviously, I don't know a lot about your other podcasts. I know almost nothing. So why don't you tell the listeners about your other podcast that is not a part about breaking the tape? Yeah. Uh, so I originally started and met Zach and Hector through doing something, um, BOTA Sports, B-O-T-A. And it stood for, like, well, to track it back, like, I was, I was in Tampa. I was living there. And I remember being at this brewery at this job I was working at and like, I wasn't, I wasn't working at the brewery. I was like a beer tour thing. So I just basically was like, 
a tour guide for drunk adults. And I'm like, this sucks. This is dumb. (laughs) I I hate this. I hate where my life is. I'm like trying to think at that time I was probably 23, 24. And I'm like, I still have so much life left. I still do. I'm 27, like relax. But I, I I remember thinking, I was like, I, I love talking about sports. Like anything I'm doing with these people, I just like, I, I don't care what their lives are, but I'll talk to them about sports. So I was like, I should, I should talk to like my friends, like talk to my best friend, Chris, talk to one of like two people that I consider like two of my closest friends now. But like at the time they were just like friends, but drew and Zach. Um, and we're like, let's, let's do this. Like, let's, let's, let's like write blogs and stuff. And they, they thought I was crazy. They were like, all right, just like a James thought, like I had these random ADHD bursts all the time. It's just going to be something that falls through. And then between working two jobs, I was like staying up late, exhausting myself but i loved it i was writing blogs like any moment i could i was writing content and just pushing content and i i loved every minute of it um even though we weren't really seeing success uh we we were were starting to get the ball rolling and we actually we had a show um i missed the first episode of but like a local network a local social media network in boston called dirty water media uh, we ended up networking and Martin, uh, I can't remember their name, but they were like, Hey, we want to bring you on. Like we have a slot, we do like a live stream, whatever. So we ended up doing this live stream with them. Um, I ended up moving back to Boston just cause nothing was going for me work wise in Tampa. I missed home, whatever in timeline wise. So you guys can get an idea where the story is going. That was, we moved back in January, 2020. <laughs> oh <laughs> Yeah. So it it, uh, it chased us down. Uh, we got through two months, so four, three or four shows of this Dirty Water thing. Five shows with them, four shows with me, and everything shut down. Like the whole world slammed the brake, ripped the e-brake, did a cool drift, but COVID happened. Um, they ended up not bringing us back after uh, they focused on another show, which we were like, I ended up. They were they were a little more like just disappointed about it, but that added a little bit of fuel to my fire. I was like, well, what like what the hell? Like all I've done has been like we we've had your best numbers. Like we weren't getting like huge anything, but we we're getting like three hundred plus people a stream, and then the shows themselves like afterwards would end up getting to like seven hundred plus viewers. So we were getting like good amounts of people on, and they just decided nope, we're going with someone. It ended up being like a family member of theirs. They chose Bloodlines, but that's you know. Can't of fault, course. Can't fault them. Yeah, it happens, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I I ended up like just realizing I was like I have I have like a cell phone addiction. <laughs> I was like, there's no reason I can't be like doing more with Boda with what I'm doing. So I just started commenting and posting and commenting and like doing all this stuff, and quickly shot us over 1K, which was like a huge mark for us at the time. Um. We we had the podcast going for a bit too. It was hard to do during COVID and kind of fell off. It still hasn't really picked up legs since. Um, as of right now, with time and like starting new jobs, flash we'll fast forward a bit. Uh, it's mostly just been me finding stats I think are cool and putting a video to it. It's also what works. Like you find out that with social media, it's hey, this is this is what appeals to people. Um, but rewind back a bit. I ended up meeting Zach and Hector on this app called Sports Me, which was a sports debate app. It was hot garbage. Um, <laughs> but 
yeah, they the owner like the owners were cool for a bit, and then they turned into jerks. But I met I met Zach and Hector. I was ended up just like supporting them like I did, just like commenting in their stuff, and we became friends. And so there was actually funny enough, there was a point where I thought about leaving Boda, and Zach and Zach like weirdly messaged me at the same time. He's like, I want you to be a part of breaking down tapes. Like, oh, I'm thinking of leaving Boda. Um, it didn't end up happening, but I ended up just contributing whatever I could to breaking down the tape, which was originally Brown's content. And because of personal choices, I'm now just focusing on what I love more, which is college football. Yeah. Oof. That was a lot of talking. I like it. <laughs> I, I didn't know all this stuff. The only mm-hmm. thing. I, so I'll, I'll let the, I'll let the viewers know. So how James and I met. So mm-hmm. you would think we met with Zach and Hector, and that was not the case. Mm-mm. So, Zach, James and I work on this app called uh, Ravon Sports. I'm sure if you follow either of us on TikTok, we both talked about it. We've talked about it on Twitter. It's a fun sports app. It's like, honestly, I think it's ESPN on steroids. I like the interaction with other people, with the fans, the game hosts, all that stuff. That was my first interaction with James. Like, they had reached out and said, hey, do you want to do college basketball? I was like, yeah, why not? Like, that sounds fun. And my first game I ever hosted with was, was with James. And I hit you up on, I think, Instagram. And then we exchanged numbers and then just kind of rolled that way. Like, <laughs> I, I remember that, like, just, like, talking to you for a bit there. And I was like, this kid's, like, cool. I like Brayden a lot. And then, like, the, the friendship just, like, kind of, I felt, like, sparked, like, right from there. Like you said, like, it was shortly thereafter. Like, you slid into my DMs. I was like, sup? And, uh, <laughs> and no, we, we've been, I, I hope so. We say friends, but we've been friends since. And I, yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. Oh yeah. It, it's you've, uh, you've helped me this year, especially with BYU. I'm like, man, I feel really good about this year. And then plop. <laughs> oh, dude, we both did. <laughs> we both felt so good about BYU. Cause um, they had promise and, Honestly, I think uh, it's a couple of things. I think injuries really was a key factor in their downfall. And I think their schedule, they scheduled so many tough opponents at the beginning of the year that now that they're playing an easier schedule, I put quotations around that, they're just beat up and tired out. Yeah, but that's kind of what you have to do, especially if you're going to make – I mean, the Big 12 move is going to be beneficial for them. They're going to get more like um, eyes anyway. But – that's what you have to do to like get into the spotlight. It's like if you don't want to, the thing Zach Wilson had coming out is that he didn't really play anyone. Which, if you know, you know. But like, if you as a fan know, like BYU, you know that's false. Like, like they played a battle against Coastal. That was like uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. And, and like that game came things. off of two days of preparation. Yeah, just throwing that out there. <laughs> also fair. The what was what did they call it? The Mormons versus the Mullets. Yeah. <laughs> Because they were supposed to play Liberty that week, and then Liberty had a COVID outbreak, and then they literally reached out to BYU because we had a bye. Because 2020 derailed BYU's whole entire schedule, and RAD, credit to him, he came through and scheduled all these games. He pulled games out of his butt, really, like, and made a promising schedule, and we came a yard short of being undefeated that year. So, Yeah, but... um... Oh, what was I saying? Oh, so like that was kind of the knock of Zach Wilson, right? Is Zach Wilson hasn't played anybody, which is the dumbest small school thing in the world. But Zach Wilson hasn't played anybody. Um, so now 
you're looking at Jaron Hall, right? And you and I are both big Jaron Hall guys. Um, I've hyped him up beginning of the year. You you turned me on to him a lot more. And you're like, you gotta you have to watch some tape on Jaron Hall. And I, I ended up doing it. I was like, oh my God, this kid is electric. Like he is so much fun to watch. Uh <laughs> I, I think this gives him a better case for his own draft stock, which you don't necessarily schedule for one player because you do it so far out. Um, but all these players that are going to be coming out now have like a case to say, no, we have played against tough competition. We played against Notre Dame. We played against Baylor. We played against Oregon. For better or worse, you played against those teams. Yeah, You can't make a case against that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know what Jaron Hall is going to do because – I know he he's a junior, but he's also 25, so he's an older junior. You've got Puka Nakua, who's also a junior. You've got Gunnar Romney, who I feel like will qualify for a medical red shirt because he only played one game this year. Which of these players are going to come back? Which of them are going to leave? But, you know, next year I think it's going to be a wake-up call because everyone was excited about this season. Big 12 is not going to be a cakewalk like a lot of BYU fans are thinking, I don't think. No, I think a lot of people to see the Big 12 and kind of associate as like the little brother of the Power 5 conference, but it's not like they haven't been producing NFL con- like, uh, NFL talent. And like the biggest knock is what, that they don't play defense? But even then, like Baylor is in the past, which actually it's funny enough was a Matt Rule, but had a great defense. Oklahoma State has a good run defense. Like, there are teams who are legitimate threats in this conference. TCU is undefeated right now. Yeah. But you can't just like you can't just look at what you want to do. Like the casual fans going to look at the rhetoric or like, "Oh, Big 12, like whatever." Uh, like you're going into a very tough conference, a very dog eat dog conference. And see, I'm even more excited for basketball too cuz I think Mark Pope, NBA player, came back to BYU after – that's his alma mater. I, well, I think he played there, and he played at the University of Kentucky. He, uh, I think he started out at Kentucky and then went to BYU. What a gross school, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's crazy is you, you, if you look at Mark Pope, he stands at the same height as most of his centers. He's six foot ten <laughs> in coaching. <laughs> like, it, it's hilarious. And – I think it's going to be good for BYU. They're probably going to be middle of the pack, bottom tier the first couple of years in the Big 12, but it's a step up from the WCC. Like, I'm so tired of playing in the WCC. The only team that's worth playing there is Gonzaga, and it's looking like Gonzaga's on the move too. I haven't even heard anything about Gonzaga on the move, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you have a very top-heavy conference, like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really favor you. Big 12 – Definitely favors you. And there's some powerhouses. Like Kate, uh, Kate Cunningham just came out of Oklahoma State not that long ago. Two years. Maybe three. Two years. Yeah, and the Gonzaga thing was reported today. So it's it's brand new news. They've been meeting with the, uh, the commissioner of the Big 12 that they want to come to the Big 12. And I would like that because Gonzaga's fun to play. They always produce really good teams. They do, man. They like through history. They have at least through at least. I mean, yes, through history, but through like my knowledge. Like I remember James Morrison. That dude was so fun. Yeah, and what's his the guy Chet Holmgridge? I still yeah. think he's a little overrated, but I guess time um, will tell. Who's the other one with the mustache too? Timmy. Uh, Timmy. 
There's, oh my god, I can't think of his name. They've had a lot of them. I know Stockton's kid came out of Gonzaga. John Stockton's son. I think he's in the NBA still or like the G League or something. What? John Stockton had a kid and he's yeah. in the NBA? I think he's in the G League and he, he's just like his dad. He's really good at passing the ball. I mean, that's he, John Stockton made a fat career off of that. A lot of people will give a credit to what's his face, but Malone. But I refuse to give Carl Malone anything anymore. Yeah, he's the one that cost them, uh, cost the Utah Jazz a NBA title. So, mm-hmm. no, I, I think I, I have my own thoughts about. Um, oh my God, Malone! But I'm gonna leave that be. <laughs> so, what what really got you to get into college football? Because that's kind of your focus point with breaking down the tape. Mm-hmm. I, I love watching your videos that you make of uh, players on TikTok. Like, what got you started doing that? So I, um, I was a young, I was a young lad. I was a, I was a wee boy. <laughs> uh, it was about the time when Reggie Bush and Matt Liner started like just blowing up college football. Like they were. The hot duo at USC. Reggie Bush was this dude who's going to be all that in the NFL. Matt Leiter was going to be everything. And so I was like, I like, I wanted to watch. Okay, I got to watch this. So actually, like, adorably enough, like my dad, I was like, all right, well, whatever. Like we had we had Saturdays together because my mom would work Saturdays. So she would come home, and there's actually there's more to the there's like the whole there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened on Saturdays that shaped my life, um, but. Saturday nights, like we would watch USC because they were on late, and so like I have I have a USC jersey that my mom got me for Christmas one year. It says Popolo on it, and it's it was so big at the time, and now it's just an XL and it looks normal on me. <laughs> but uh, I I loved it, dude. I loved the rivalries. I loved everything. I was infatuated from the gun. I was like, why why aren't the pros like this? Like, where's the fireworks? Where's the Where's the everything? And um, my dad, my dad raised me as a Patriots fan. That didn't last long. Um, but from there, like I, I just, I kind of kept watching. Like we would watch, we would find whatever. And then, sh- not shortly after, but like a few years down the road, um, Matt Ryan came to like relevance at Boston College. So I was like, oh my god, wait, there's a college football player this good at my back door? Like he's right there. Um, so then Matt Ryan, I was like, oh, my God, this guy is amazing. He's going to be the best thing to go to the NFL. He's going to be better than Tom Brady. Blah, blah, blah. I was just kidding. It obviously didn't pan out to be that way. Um, but, like, I, I, I felt, like, special place for Matt Ryan in my heart because of that. And then, like, I, I think just growing up, I realized, like, there's very few things. People will make the argument, and people have made the argument to me that, Pro football is a better product. And I will say that as far as like play goes, yes, naturally the dudes who are constantly playing football are going to be better than the 18 to 20 year olds on the field in there, right? Yeah. But there's something so special about college football the pageantry, the life, the crowds, the yelling, the like, um, well, the tradition. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like everything about it, man. Like I, I love it with all of, with all of my being. I 
love college football. Yeah, I feel the same way about college football. I obviously, you know a whole lot more than I do. I know a whole lot about BYU, and then occasionally about UNLV because obviously that's the home college. But other than that, I don't know jack squat. <laughs> I almost went to UNLV. That's funny. Really? Yeah. I mean, uh, they're, they're not a terrible school academically, but. Well, I've actually, it was because, like, as a kid, I wanted to, like, when I was in high school, I was, like, looking at what I wanted to do. And I was like, I want to be a chef. Um, once again, didn't last long. But I was like, <laughs> I want to be a chef. All right, bye, bye, bye. So there were options. And my options were I either go to the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America in New York. I go to Johnson & Wales a year early in Providence, which, although I'm not a, a, in the culinary field anymore, I will never regret going to Johnson and Wales besides how much I have to pay. So like on the 21st of every month, I regret going to Johnson and Wales, <laughs> the 30, 30 to 30, whatever other days of the, of the month. Love it. Or I could have gone to the underrated UNLV hospitality and culinary program, which apparently Guy Fieri also graduated from. Um, it is Vegas. So it makes sense. <laughs> right. And I was like, Oh, natural tradition. And I was like, I can, I can like support a college football team. Like, Oh my god, that was great! Uh, didn't end up doing it. Ended up doing Johnson and Wales a year early, but no regrets. That's awesome. Yeah, UNLV is really only known for their basketball. Like they, mm-hmm. they've had a lot of, they produced a lot of good talent in the NBA. They've had a lot of success. Football, not so much. Yeah, it's just just a product of that. Like sometimes some schools like focus on one thing over the other. It happens. Vanderbilt, they're a terrible football school, but they're a great baseball school. It happens. When you hire a college or a high school coach, so UNLV hired Bishop Gorman's head coach. I was like, that's not going to go well. Mm. I thought that was way to jump from being a high school head coach to a college head coach. I don't think you can make that transition very easy. I think he lasted a season until they fired him. So, which is also weird. Like, I don't get firing college coaches early, it makes no sense. Well, and UNLV just doesn't invest the money into their football program. Sam Boyd Stadium was where they used to play. That was old, run down. Now they're playing at Allegiant Stadium. And the problem with Allegiant Stadium is UNLV is not a good school. Why would I pay 160 bucks to sit in the nosebleeds to watch them suck? But you have to pay 160 bucks to go there to watch a game? Yeah. Like tickets for Allegiant Stadium are not cheap. My dad doesn't know how much our tickets cost to go to the BYU Notre Dame game, but I think it was like in the ballpark of just under four hundred dollars for two tickets. My yeah, and then parking on top of that is another hundred dollars. It's crazy. Just wait till you can't move when a F one comes into town, Braden. <laughs> I'm gonna avoid this strip like uh, no other. I mean, I already do. I get. Vegas locals don't go to the strip unless you work there or you have family in town. That's yeah. That's, that's the bottom line. <laughs> I guess that kind of makes sense. It's like one of those like touristy things. Like same for us. Like with Boston, it's like oh, why am I going to go to Faneuil Hall? It's like oh, because it's so cool. It's like no, it's not. It's stupid. <laughs> I live here. It's not that cool. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's a lot of hidden gems. And like I said, you and Megan need to come out here. You guys all need to come out here because. McKenna knows all the hidden gems. I do not so much, but 
it's on our it's on our list. Oh, we're definitely we're definitely gonna like come down and visit or across across and down. I don't know. We're gonna come over and visit at some point. Yeah, um, some eventually. <laughs> yeah, neither of us have been that far west. It's it's a treat. I will say, don't come in like July or August because it is blazing hot and it's miserable to walk the strip. Yeah, I don't think that was on our plans. <laughs> I don't think like <laughs> our shoes melting to the pavement was going to be like necessarily in the books. But yeah, yeah, you know, I'm sure you've seen those videos where they cook like cookie dough in their dash or on the sidewalk. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. It happens. It's absurd. That's so but, wild. And what's even more crazy is like you drive, like I would come home at midnight and it was still like 102 degrees. Yeah, I, I don't know, dude. Heat's not for me. Like I, I get that I want to like live back in South Carolina at some point. Um, or I guess in South Carolina at some point. But like I, when I lived in Tampa, dude, and that's different because it's humidity too. You just felt gross all the time. Like I don't like constantly being sweaty. Yeah, they they told us when I was in the Philippines, they knew you got used to the humidity when you wouldn't sweat in the shade anymore. And I think that took me about six months. That sounds about right, dude. I, I remember moving down there and like unpacking my car and having to stop and sit in my like central air and just be like, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> what mistake did I make? All right, so what what is one college football player that you would tell people to look out for? Obviously, maybe an underrated player, not the Bryce Youngs, the C.J. Strouts, like someone mm. that people may not necessarily know as well. Uh, this person I was hyping up before I'm, – I'm assuming you mean like going into the next draft class. Yes, yes. Okay. Sorry. No, you're right. Um, I was hyping up this kid. There's two, actually, I can say. Uh, I was talking about this kid way before the draft process started or like before anyone was really like doing their second round of like way too early mock drafts. Um, the army has this kid, Andre Carter, who I am infatuated with. And if he can, like, I don't know how the whole like getting out of service thing works because it's happened before. He has all the talent in the world to be like a second round pick in the NFL. He is six foot seven. Dang near like 300 pounds of speed and muscle off of the edge. It is so scary to watch him play. Um, and he's, he's going to end up falling to some team and some team's going to get this steal. Andre Carter. Oh my Lanta. He is so good. <laughs> well, uh, looking at the mock drafts now, they don't even have Seattle taking a quarterback with our first pick. I don't blame them. I think you and I have talked about this off, but there's no real reason unless you're like unless you're getting CJ Stroud or um, Bryce Young. Even I think like Will Levis, even like he's definitely the third quarterback in this class, and he could be really good. He's like a tough, gritty dude. I don't know if I'm necessarily a hundred percent sold on him, but. I, I think if you're not getting either one of those dudes, there's not a reason to reach for a quarterback. Because, like, looking at the rest of the class, you have Tanner McKee, you have Jaron Hall, you have Cameron Rising, Cam Rising, uh, Hendon Hooker is going to be rising up boards, obviously. 
there's so much talent in this draft class. I could keep going with names, but like quarterback wise, you're gonna hit on someone. Like yeah. even if it's just like a transition piece, like you can get someone in the third round and still feel like comfortable maybe playing them, but like in a year, yeah, you you'd have a top prospect. See, Lofa's hot take was don't even bother drafting a quarterback. Let Gino sign him to like a two to three year deal. Let hopefully he's gonna still play at the level that he is this year. You never know. Mm. Let Drew Locke sit a year or two and then let Drew Locke take the helm. No, I, I'm gonna Lofa knows football way better than I do. <laughs> uh, I, I Drew Locke is a very flash in the pan player. I think what people were drafting him for was his physical assets, which was that huge arm. Dude has a Josh Allen esque arm, but never really got to unleash it too much in Denver. If he did, he was sailing people and it was way over their heads. I also like it's not even a statement about Geno, but I don't necessarily think I would re sign him to be a starter. And at that point, you're also, like, fighting with his agent. Like, well, I played like a starter. I should get paid like a starter. I don't think I would, only because of my own, like, past, like, brain saying, like, when you have these dudes who have, like, a one-year, like, contract year bump, and then you pay them, they kind of come back down to earth or, like, down to, like, a median level. So you'd get, like, I think you would end up getting a Geno Smith that was somewhere between, like, what we see now and what we have seen in the past. And that's, like... Not necessarily a dude I'd like. Because you're not you, – I, I will say, you guys are so good right now. I'm not going to necessarily say you're like your, – your hands are on the window. Your hands are on the Super Bowl window. I'm not going to say it's necessarily open yet. Oh, it's close. I'm I'm think maybe a year or two away from being Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I'd say so. One more, one more draft class like this and, yeah, you're good. <laughs> Yeah, they, they have us taking a guy out of Alabama on the mock drafts, a D-line. Will I, Anderson? I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Because that's probably – I mean, Shelby Harris, I don't know if you watched him against uh, the Giants, but, man, that dude could move for how big he is. He moved and got Daniel Jones. What would have been like a 20-yard run stopped him short of a first down. It was amazing. Huh. So – Lofa brought me back to earth because I still think our D-line needs to be improved a little bit. But Lofa thinks they're fine for this year and then maybe drafting some of that top-tier defensive lineman talent that's going to be in the draft as well. Because there's always that's always a very talented position, I feel like. Yeah, especially this year. I mean, there's a bunch of good edge rushers. The athletic level of edge rusher is just always going to go up. Like, we're hitting that point where you're just going to get freaks at any level, too. Or at least the first 100 picks. There's yeah. also a bunch of defensive tackles. And for the life of me, I was trying to think of his name. But there's there's one out of Georgia and there's one out of Clemson that are just home wreckers um, that are going to be first-round picks. And I don't know the last time. Oh, never mind. This year. I was gonna say I don't know the last time we've seen two defensive tackles go in the first round, but then literally this year. Yeah. Um, I also I like boy. I oh my gosh, what's going, what's going on outside of my room? Uh, I don't know <laughs> what. Like I haven't watched enough Seahawks to really comment on him, but I like Boye Mafe. Yeah, I don't. Colbs is not a fan of him. I don't. I don't understand why. He's got a couple of sacks. He's all over the field. He's he's playing good. Yeah, well, like going into it, I remember talking about it on Kolb's show. Um, nobody is shiftier. 
plug. Uh, <laughs> that he like Boye Mafe, his big knock was that he kind of disappeared against big competition. And I said, if you find a good level, he's not going to be like a high number guy. But when you look at those like advanced analytics, like if you look at his pressure rate, it's probably going to be pretty high. It's probably going to be pretty solid. Yeah, he hasn't looked bad. Like, I think we drafted nine players, and then there is one uh, free agent signing that has really made a difference to Joey uh, Blunt. He's been big on special teams. He was a safety that we signed. I think he went to Texas. I think he's a Texas guy. And he's shown up he's shown up really big too. But you've got Chris Chase, Abraham Lucas on the line. They've both been stellar. They've both 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 been on the top half of the of tackles this year. Mm-hmm. You've got two star corners or two soon to be stars. You've got uh obviously K nine, Kenneth Walker. You were oh. You were huge on him too. Yeah, I remember saying I remember saying off the uh, off the draft that the way he runs just reminds me of like a more fast Nick Chubb. Like he's got a Nick Chubb stride to him. See, he reminds me of Beast Mode. Like, I can see that. Watching a lot of his runs, like his touchdown last week against the Giants, he had like five or six players that could have tackled him that he just trucked or just ran through them. So, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to tell. And everyone laughed at Seattle for drafting a running back, and then Chris Carson retired. So, they knew something that, obviously, we didn't know at the time. So, Right. And, hey, it worked. everything works out, right? Everything ends up happening. And you got a top-tier running back. You have, like, arguably one of the best young running backs for the future. Like, if I had to make, like, a top five for what we're looking at over the next, like, X amount of years, like, you got your dude. <laughs> And I, I hope we re resign Rashad Penny because I do like him. I think he has a lot of promise. Obviously, he gets hurt a ton, but I think that would be a nice one-two punch right there. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I think obviously with that, you would give um, – you would naturally give Kenneth Walker more of the carries just knowing Rashad Penny's injury history uh, yeah. and what Kenneth Walker can do. Time will tell. So, so another big question I'm going to ask you because everyone knows I do focus a ton on women's sports. So I want your <laughs> take. So, why should people support women's sports? What is, what's your opinion on that? <laughs> it sounds like such a cop out answer, but because there's no reason not to. Like I I don't understand what the dumb like stigma is with dudes that are just like. Why would I watch women's soccer when I can watch men's soccer? Why would I like not watch or why would I watch the WNBA? It's a lesser thing. Women's sports are catching up to this level. Like they're, they're younger leagues. That's the thing that people don't look at is that these are younger leagues than what we've had like implemented already. Um, they, they, <laughs> there's no reason not to support it and like help something grow. If you're doing that, you're just stubborn and you just, don't care enough about something outside of your comfort zone. Well, and uh, isn't what is Asia Wilson? She's one of your South Carolina girls, man. She can yes. pull out. Asia Wilson. Asia uh, Asia Wilson. There we go. Uh, Aaliyah Boston. She's coming up. Stay tuned for that. Destiny Henderson, who just went in the draft this year. All Lady Gamecocks. Yeah, it it's a ton of fun to watch. Like the Aces. 
everyone would knock the aces. Oh, no one goes to the game. I'm like, really? Because last I checked, they sell out games left and right. (laughs) Obviously, it's not a big, massive stadium, but still selling out like 17,000 seats. That's impressive. Like, I, I don't understand the knock on that. Like, it's the same. It's just preconceived notions, dude. I'm telling you. And I've heard people, well, maybe they should tweak it, lower the basketball hoop to make no, it more don't. interesting because they want dunks. I'm like, uh, like, I don't know. I don't get it. But, yeah, it's true. That's And that's the one thing I like about that question is everyone has such a unique perspective on it, especially – the female athletes I interview, their their perspective is really cool to hear too. Dude, if you wanna, if you want someone to come on and like talk about like women's sports with you, you should get wifey Megan to come on. Oh, I for sure, I'd love to have her on. <laughs> she will, she will talk your ear off about the women's national team for soccer. I've never seen someone who loves a unit like i love the gamecocks i love the browns exist i love all my teams (laughs) but man megan is megan has turned me on to be a full-on women's national team supporter oh yeah they they they're so much fun to watch too man i know it i don't understand why they're struggling lately but they they're amazing to watch i can i can 100 percent tell you why on that too and it's a knock from other people in the past is saying, why am I going to watch women's soccer when the U S just dominates? Like, cool, we're good because we've dominated because we have done so much to lay the groundwork for all these other countries. And like, they see what the women's national team has developed within our own country. They are now developing their own programs. So everyone is like rising up, like whatever the rising tides lift all ships. Like we're getting better. Or we, we got to this point of like elite and now everyone else rose up to like get there with us because we like kind of raised the level like what you needed to be. So there are teams like Sweden and Australia and Japan and England, obviously. Shocker, England's good at soccer. Brazil, same boat. Like all these teams are so good now and they've all developed their programs to compete with us. We are, as like nationalistic as it sounds, we are such an elite force that everyone wanted to be us in a way. Yeah, you're not wrong. Well, I wonder if Megan knows this, and do you know who the top female goalie is in the world right now? Considerably, I guess that's an opinion-based, but stat-wise, do you know who it is? I don't know, stat-wise. Christina England. She is the goalie for the Chilean national team. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So, she... She's interesting. So I, I want to say her dad is German, but her mom is Chilean. Because if you look at Argentina and Chile, there's a lot of German roots there because of the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> messed up as it sounds. You're not wrong. <laughs> That's where all the Nazis. What, Penny? Okay, thank you. Sorry. She just had to tell me that she pooped. So. Dude, I used to do that as a kid too. Penny and I, one brain. <laughs> well, the problem is she doesn't 
understand the full concept of wiping so if i'm not careful it looks like she <laughs> went in their pants so if i if i don't go and check it, it's a whole thing and anyone who doesn't have a kid that may sound weird and gross but trust me kids are amazing they're so much fun they are also so much hard work um i don't know if you saw zach's little thing in the glide but he's not going to be able to join the live tonight because of kids and sleep so Oh, I didn't see that. All right, another another boys live. Let's go. I think Hector can join because, unfortunately, oh. everything going on with Hector. So, yeah, unfortunately, but hey, I'm pumped to have him there. So, Colbs, like, I don't think can go because he's in the doghouse. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, fair. So just us three again. Let's go. Oh. I love that. And then maybe Chaz. You never know with Chaz. He's like, uh, what's something that comes every once in a blue moon? Uh, uh, I don't know. You're, you're racking my brain on that one. It's a solar be, eclipse. Yeah, a solar eclipse. Uh, a if full stare, moon. <laughs> <laughs> if you stare at Chaz too long, you'll go blind. <laughs> and my friend Eric's like, so I guess he's gonna talk to Zach because he's thinking about having a podcast because. They want to grow. They want to make it a huge network, and I'm all for it. I'm for the ride, man. Yeah, absolutely. You should be. It's like same thing. Like we're women's national team. That's what we are. We are the women's national team. We're gonna stand by that statement for some reason. <laughs> I, I, I'm slowly catching up to all of you guys because you guys all have like freaking viral videos on TikTok uh, and a thousand plus followers. I'm slowly getting there. Slowly and surely, I'll get to that point. <laughs> It's honestly, dude, it's such a commitment. It's such a dumb commitment. Um, like, I, I didn't anticipate it, like, how much work it would actually be and, like, how much of a mental toll it would be. But, like, I started doing, like, draft content last year. And that and, like, blew just up. Posting, yeah, just posting mock drafts. And that, that's what, like, popped for me. And, and then I'm getting, like, all these people, like, requesting stuff. And then, like, I did another series and all these people requesting stuff. And I'm like... I can't let any of these people down or I'm never going to be successful on TikTok. And like, why do I, like, why can't I just be like, whatever. And then I kind of took that as like, why can't I just relax? Like, I don't necessarily like need to be successful. Like, I like it. I, I definitely use that. But like, it is, it is a mental toll. Yeah, I, I'd imagine. Well, I still am waiting because I saw Zach's video of it. But I want your take, because I know you've seen my video. Who is your starting women's Disney football team? I want, I want, a, I want a TikTok of your take of that. I think it would be fun. Oh, my God. You want the TikTok of that, huh? I got to put it together. I still got to think it out. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of got critiqued on mine with some of the players that I picked where I put them. I'm like, that's a beautiful thing. That's what I wanted to do with it is I wanted people to – Think outside of the box because, I mean, I should do like one for like all the other networks because Nickelodeon, I don't even think there's enough women characters to make a football team. Nickelodeon doesn't care about women, confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) So before we we dip out, is there anyone that you want to shout out? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think so. Shout out you, Braden. Shout out you for just being a fantastic human being. I appreciate that. McKenna may argue that that's not always the case. No, nah, McKenna's a liar. <laughs> 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 ha, 
I'll save that clip and send it to her. This is what James said. He said, you're a liar. Man. Yeah. No, I didn't say it. James said it. James said James you're a liar. <laughs> she may not like that. It's okay. It's a good first impression, right? She hasn't even met me yet, and I called her a liar. That's smart. Well, she hears all your guys' voices, and then for whatever reason, Zach's like, she hates me. I'm like, she's literally never said anything about hating you. Why do you think that, Zach? And he's like, I just have that feeling. I'm like, no. No, Zach. She doesn't hate you. I promise. No, yeah. I'm sure she's a super sweet human being, and I guarantee she doesn't have like a bad bone in her body for hatred. At least of uh, Zach. <laughs> it, it depends on what I do, because I, I, I cross that line, but I think that comes with the territory of being husband. <laughs> oh, dude, who hasn't been in the doghouse? Come on. And sometimes she doesn't listen to my podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> it's a safe space. <laughs> totally putting her on blast, but she uh sometimes i just like to push her buttons because it's funny it's funny to get the reaction because and i know she does the same thing she there's things that make me like want to pull my hair out and she still does it because it's funny and i get it like (laughs) so yeah but that's fine that's what love is right like that's what being in a relationship is is you just have fun with each other just goof around and once it once it doesn't happen you know something's wrong (laughs) exactly exactly my friend so if you guys don't already follow James, go give all of his socials a follow. I will tag it when I make this episode. But seriously, he is the football college guru. I know he's too humble to admit it, but I he calls it. He calls it as it is. So, Mucho, dude, I appreciate that. Thank you, Braden. I appreciate you having me on, too. I know I've said that already, but. It was kind of fun. Oh, like, my God, I- yeah. I know we were supposed to do it yesterday and then Penny fell asleep on me and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a nap and that nap ended up being like four hours. So <laughs> it was nice. It, it was all good. I made some pasta for dinner, dude. It was it was a good time. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, thank you again, James. Uh, and I guess I'll see you in like an hour for the live. So <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. All Bye. right. Peace.